Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 313th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! They're on way to win it! Worthy five, the Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber, front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out of timeout, technical foul, technical foul on Michigan, they're out of timeout. Front court, Williams on the drive, gets it back out to him, long outside shot, short rebounded, May, it's over, Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels, they are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national daggum champions. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today here to recap Carolina's 86-70 win over Louisville on Wednesday night in the Smith Center. We'll do what we always do. We'll take a look at the box score. You'll hear from head coach Hubert Davis. We'll give our biggest takeaways, have our discussion topic, and so much more. But we'll go ahead and jump right in to this thing. The Heels beat Louisville 86-70 to improve to 14-3 on the year. 6-0 6-0 in the league. Their first 6-0 start still since 2015-2016 when they started 8-0, and that's something that's definitely on the table for this group this season. Uh, they were powered by five guys scoring in double figures, led by R.J. Davis's game-high 21 points. Armando Baycott added 19. Cormac Ryan with 14. Jalen Withers with 15 off the bench. And then Harrison Ingram scored 10 as well to really pace Carolina's offense that uh, has returned to form since returning back home um, after three straight ACC games to, to open up the 2024 portion of the season. It's the fifth straight win over Louisville um, in a game that simply Carolina had nothing to gain everything to lose and this isn't one that we'll remember when we look back on this season this won't be one that we talk about maybe the rest of the way but it's one that counts and um it's 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 a seventh straight win at the end of the day for carolina yeah and it's a double digit win after it looked like things were going to be a lot more difficult down the stretch 
than they had to be. Uh, I mean, look, love the intensity, love the way the team came out, although we didn't get to see it, which is a, a whole, I mean, that's an element of this game as well. Like, are we serious here? Uh, I don't fault, people were mad that the ACC Network decided to leave the end of the Florida State-Miami game on. That game was still in doubt, so I get why they left that on. You couldn't have put it on the app? Like, how hard is it to figure out how to get the streams working on the app? Like, there are people at ESPN dedicated to that, although maybe there aren't anymore because they laid all of them off. I wouldn't be shocked because they had to keep certain personalities that make way too much money that they don't have the right people behind the scenes that I guess could get it up and running. That's that's a whole different thing. But in terms of the way they started, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. The energy was there. It's what you need coming out of the gate in a midweek game against a team that, you know, you you could sleepwalk against because their record isn't all that great. Um, I, I thought, you know, the first half in general I thought was solid. I mean, there were some sloppy moments, uh, you know, as they got later in the half, but it really got sloppy, especially on the defensive end of the floor to start that second half. That looked like the defenses that we saw early in the year, but credit to... Hubert Davis, credit to these guys, especially for settling themselves back in. Hubert basically said, yeah, when they came over after Louisville started, I think it was, I'm trying to remember when the the TV timeout took place. I think they did hit another shot right after that to go 10 for 11 to start the half. But at the time, they were 9 of 10 to begin the half. They were shooting 90%. Yes, it was, because he said that in the press conference. That, he said... This is because you guys are not defending. And the team was able to snap back into it, flip a switch. And that's something that in years past, here recently, we have just not be, been able to see. If if Carolina's got off track on either end of the floor, it was nearly impossible to get them to settle down and get back in rhythm. That was pretty much what they were going to be for the rest of the night. And I think last year that game goes down to the end. There's a potential that Carolina loses that game last year. This year's team, they took back over. They made shots down the stretch. And again, you have big names that are stepping up uh, you know, or, or big games from guys that aren't necessarily big names that stepped up. And uh, it, it it helps Carolina find a way to win this game. Yeah, Carolina using an 11-0 run to take a 15-4 lead and really just establish control of the game. It's the 11th time this year Carolina has gone on a 10-0 run this season. And that's something that, you know, I, I use the word spurtability. Um, we haven't seen that. And this team has the ability to, to put together a run that can take control of the game, put the game away, whatever it is. And that's what they did multiple times last night. You get the game into the second half where Louisville made 10 of 11 shots out of the gate. It's suddenly 55 to 50. Carolina was still in control of the game. Even at that point in time, I didn't didn't really think about losing. I didn't Because th- you didn't think that Louisville would shoot 90% for an entire 20 minutes. But what does Carolina do? They go on a 10-2 run to effectively take uh, control, put the game away. R.J. Davis would later hit a, a, a corner three um, to put the game away for good. Um, and, and that's, I think that's what you just wanted to see last night was 
There, there was, there's nothing Carolina could have done that would make us feel any better than the way we feel about them right now, just simply given the opponent's record. And I think Louisville, honestly, is better than their record. They compete better than what a six and eleven, one and five team in the ACC does. Miami, Miami really got that team going. I think it gave them some belief. And right. you know, this is going to be. This is going to be part of it in this ACC um, because the league is deeper. It is better than it's been in years past. Um, Will that reflect come Selection Sunday? We'll have to wait and see. But last night, the the way the second half started, a nice reminder for Carolina that, you know, for the next – 14 games, you got to be ready to play as close to 40 minutes as possible um, because if not, the teams in this league are good enough to to beat you. Um, but I thought it was a good sign of maturity that Carolina got punched in the mouth because that's going to happen. This, you're going to get punched in the mouth probably Saturday at Boston College. You're going to get punched in the mouth by certainly better teams along the way. How you respond is really going to determine what type of team this is, and we both think this is a team that's capable of winning an ACC regular season championship. Let's take a look at the box score now for Carolina. Um, They shot 48% from the field. They were 29 of 60. Louisville shot better, though. They were 28 of 57 for 49%. A big difference in the game. Three-point shooting, Carolina was 10 of 22 for 45%. Louisville was 8 of 18 for 44%. But those, you know, the, the difference in the two made threes um, when the game was in doubt, you know, really plays a difference. Uh, Carolina 18 of 24 from the foul line. Uh, meanwhile, Louisville was just 6 of 13. So they left points at the line that could have made this this game closer. Um, 10 turnovers for Carolina led to 7 Louisville points. 13 Louisville turnovers led to 13 Carolina points. 7 first-half steals for Carolina following a season-high 13 against Syracuse on Saturday. The Heels won the rebounding margin 40 to 28, 28 to 22 on the defensive glass, 12 to 6 on the offensive glass. Louisville's bench yeah, did outscore Carolina's bench 28 to 17. Points in the paint went Carolina's way 34-24. Um Carolina with 19 assists on 29 made baskets, Louisville with 10 assists on their 28 made baskets. Let's now transition to the quote of the game. And here was Schubert Davis talking about his team responding after seeing their lead get cut all the way down to five. I know how it got to 55-50. We weren't playing any defense. We were in the huddle. I, I told them, I said, they're shooting 90% from the field. I said, it's hard to do that by yourself in the gym with nobody guarding you. I said, this is the reason why they're in this position is because our lack of commitment on the defensive end. I said, if you want things to change, then we're going to have to defend. We're going to defend without foul. We're going to have to rebound the basketball. But one of the things that I always tell the team is, you know, whether something good or bad happens, it, the only thing you really have control over is how you react and how you respond. And so when they cut it to five, I loved how we reacted and how we responded. We got stops. We didn't put them on the free throw line. We rebounded the basketball. Um, we got good shots on the offensive end, got to the free throw line, got into the penalty. And... Um, we played the type of basketball that got us the 18 point lead in the first half, and then we were able to extend the lead and, and come away with the win. Against a better opponent, you would have really sat there and thought, okay, we're going to find out what 
this team is made of. But now Carolina has experience to draw back on and and, and be able to say, guys, we've seen a a 17-point lead get cut to five, which is basketball. Basketball is a game of runs. Um, and how you respond to those game of runs uh, is, is is ultimately going to, you know, determine what type of team you are because um, you're going to face teams that have the same ability to, to do what you did. Um, and, and you got to credit Louisville because they were making tough shots, making Carolina's defense work, getting them out of position, and they were able to make what felt like a blowout, make it a game in a, in a, in a, in a, in a short span. But you got to like the way that this team fought. And that's something that is something that is different from what we've seen from the first two years under Huber Davis. We've seen Carolina get big leads, and we've seen them dwindle away. And from then on, the game stays close. And you never really put the game away. If Carolina won, it was just because better, gifted, more talented, deeper, no matter what it was. Wasn't the case last night. Even though Carolina is more gifted, they are deeper. Um, they responded with the run of their own, and that's what championship caliber teams do. That's what Kansas. That's what UConn. That's what Purdue. That's what those types of teams do. Teams that will build a lead, that'll see that lead dwindle away. Well, then they'll respond. And I thought Carolina responded in a big way last night, led by you know some 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 veterans. And then some guys off the bench. Look, I saw it this morning when we were talking about this game on the main airwaves here at WFNZ, and uh, plenty of people saying that this game shows that Carolina is, is a fraudulent team. But you brought it up right there. Every team near the top of the country is going to face these types of games, even against some lesser opponents in their conference. It's really just about how you respond. Because there are times where games you're looking and you're saying, how in the world... Like, you know, for example, how in the world is UConn in a close game against Georgetown or whatever? Um, I, I mean, it's going to happen. And for Carolina, they got into that situation. Credit to Louisville, too. I mean, look, Carolina wasn't defending at a high level, but their guys really just started making shots. And Louisville is a team that, as as I said earlier, I think that Miami game really sort of woke them up and made them realize that, Look, we can we can still find some wins in this conference. We're not a great team. There's definitely not the talent that's been here before, um, and we don't have the greatest head coach, but we're still a group that can be feisty, that can cause some issues in the ACC, and I feel like you've seen it the, the two games after that win over Miami against uh, us last night, of course, and, and, and NC State. And I think that was one of those moments where we we really found out, again, what this Carolina team is made of. Because you're right. In years past, even when Carolina was good at times, or when you felt like Carolina was was turning things around, they would have a game like this, and it would be one that would literally go down to the end. You'd have to be on the edge of your seat the entire game and just praying, please just get out of here with a win. That it. That that wasn't the case last night. Yeah, there was there was a time there for about four or five minutes where you probably felt to yourself, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is going to go down to the end and be close. But Carolina responded. Um, again, you saw you know the the way that they can sort of just turn it on. And and we thought last year we used that so much last year about Carolina. And we said it, you know, 
after their non-conference season. Well, is this a team that can just flip the switch like they did back in 21-22? This is different. They can literally do it in games where, yeah, even if they start to struggle, they can get themselves back on the right track and you know find a way to pull away from opponents once again. It's probably one that a lot of people wanted to be a more significant margin in the end, but you can't argue with this being a double-digit game, and you saw the same things that we've seen all year from this team that we've really grown to like. More recently, what they've done on the defensive end, but more so the shots that they were making late in the game, the clutch rebounding from Harrison Ingram. That's the type of things that you want to see from this team if you're going to continue to believe in them. And look, again, this is not one of those wins, as you said earlier, that you're going to remember. It's not going to be one of the the ones that's atop their resume, but it's one of those examples, once again, of the type of team that we feel like we can see moving forward and that could end up in the Final Four at the end of the season. So move on now to the stat of the game. I went rebounding. You look at how even the game was. You know, they both shot nearly 50%, both shot over 40% uh, from behind the three point line. The rebounding was the difference because Carolina was plus 12 in that category, uh, plus six on the defensive glass, plus 12 on the offensive glass. And even though Carolina only got five second chance points, you know, it was still the ability just to keep possession. Um, in the second half, whether it was just running clock, because Carolina was able to shorten the game at about from like the under six minute mark on when they grabbed offensive rebounds. This is the sixth straight game Carolina's out rebounded its opponent. Um, and I think they've done every game but one have been in double figures. And so, um, you know, dominant, I'm, I'm still not ready to go there. But this has become a quality rebounding team, um, a capable of re- uh, a capable rebounding team, something that just wasn't, you know, th- you know, plausible or thinkable after losses to UConn and, and Kentucky, where you got overwhelmed in that department. And the thing you got like about it the most is you did it without Armando Bacon having a big rebounding game. He had seven boards. And it helped them move, uh, and you know, into the top four all time in ACC uh, rebounding. But it was Jalen Withers leading the way with ten off the bench. You got six from R.J. Davis, and you got four from Harrison Ingram. And so you got other guys contributing in that department, um, and the buy-in and the improvement. We 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 really talked about the the defense because Carolina became a top ten uh, defensive team according to Ken Palm, which is. You know, really, really amazing to think about where they they got to after where they were after the Kentucky loss. The rebounding is just as big a reason why Carolina is where it is today as a defensive improvement because they became a better defensive rebounding team while getting more aggressive offensively. Um, And I think you saw that on display in the win last night. Let's now get into our our general takeaways um, from the win over Louisville. The game, or we, we got to start talking about Jalen Withers. Um, you know, this was the first time that he played Louisville since he transferred out of, of that program, um, and it could be the only time he plays them, depending on you know what happens in the ACC tournament if if Louisville were to go on some sort of run. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably the last. Time. He was the second best player on the court last night, um, behind R.J. Davis, 15 points off the bench. 
10 rebounds, played 24 minutes, was 5 of 6 from the field, 5 of 7 from the foul line, got extended minutes in the second half, uh, in large part due to some foul trouble from Cormac Ryan, and it paid dividends for Carolina. Um, Carolina ran a lineup of, of Cadeau, Davis, Withers, Ingram, and Baycott, and it didn't necessarily kill them. Um, you know, offensively, you know, you look at, you know, the five of six, he cut with a purpose last night, and everything he did offensively was to put him in a position to either score or make plays for his teammates, and then the rebounding. This has been the one area in the winning streak where he has been consistent because the scoring just hasn't been there. Um, you can see that, but he didn't even take a three-point shot last night, which is a good recognition on him to realize that's not in my game right now. If I'm going to score, I need to do so in other ways. But he's been getting to the boards. No matter the minutes, no matter the opponent, he's been getting to the glass. He did that last night. You knew the game was going to be personal for him. You knew it was going to be emotional for him going up against you know, a program that he invested a lot of time in, um, a coaching staff that invested a lot of time in, in him. Um, and in the new era, this is going to happen more often where we're going to see ACC guys play against former schools. Um, you know, Cormac Ryan will do the exact same thing against Notre Dame later in the season. But um, you know, we we've been waiting for this type of game for Jalen Withers. Not necessarily a double double, but a game to really exemplify why Carolina was so high on him in the transfer portal, and he delivered last night in more in more ways than one. I mean, at one point, I had to ask myself what actually went down at Louisville because this man is playing with. Just absolute fire right now, um, but yeah, you're you're seeing a guy that's more comfortable in his skin. I think it took a a little bit of time for him to settle in at Carolina. His role was different. The pressure at Carolina was different. I mean, I know Louisville. There's a lot of pressure as well, but you know, it got to a point last year where people were pretty much expecting nothing. Where the expectations for Carolina coming into the year were pretty high, and they've grown as the season has gone along. And so for him, I think it just took him a little bit of time to figure out what exactly is my role with this team. And rebounding wise, that that's really what has gotten everything started for him you know the game against Clemson was really where you started to see things change he got to the glass and since that game he has felt like a completely different player and this performance was amazing really the last two games you've said it he has cut to the basket as well as just about anybody on this Tar Heel team um I I think it's you love to see it because he's a guy that at one point I I mean I, I brought it up you know, on this podcast multiple times. I did not know if he was a guy that was going to be able to be part of the rotation for Carolina because he was having trouble defending without fouling and he was not giving Carolina anything on the offensive end of the floor. Now, I mean, he's a guy that's locked himself in as, you know, one of eight players that Carolina can rotate in on a nightly basis for sure. And, And that's huge. For them, this performance was amazing. To get a double double in this game was outstanding. Look, ten rebounds is probably not something you should expect from him every night. But again, you're seeing another guy that we know has the capability to rebound in clutch moments for Carolina because we've seen it here recently. And I mean, now you're starting to see a guy that is getting to the basket 
getting those high uh, th- those high percentage looks, and you know also getting to the foul line. I mean, he went to the foul line more than any Tar Heel last night, seven times, five of seven at the foul line, which is not bad. I mean, he's he's not the purest free throw shooter, but I, I think. Everything that you've seen from him, you like because here recently, because now you've got a guy that you can trust, and it just continues to show you how much depth this team has as compared to the last few years, and that can take you a long way when it comes to March. He just knows what his role is. The beginning of the year, remember he started a game in the Bahamas at the Battle for Atlantis, didn't quite know where he was going to end up, whether he'd be a starter or a guy that that, that, that came off the bench. That role got more defined once they moved Elliot Cadeau into the lineup, and he's bought into that role and understands that his job is to play extremely hard, um, be physical defensively, make a difference on the glass, and score when the opportunities present themselves. This isn't a guy that needs to hunt his own shot, doesn't need to force his own shot, um, but he showed you last night he's capable of putting the ball in the basket when called upon. Second takeaway, you got to talk about the defensive struggles just because Carolina, for the first time in this winning streak, took, you know, they, they had a defensive lapse. Um, and that's, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen as the season moves along where they're going to play a, a stretch of ball where you're not where you want to be on that end of the court. You know, Louisville came out and, and shot and made 10 of 11 shots to start the second half um, and really turned a blowout into a two-possession two possession ball game. Part of it, they made tough shots. Um, and that's, that's you know, like they've got talented kids. They're going to be able to do that. But also Carolina just got a little bit lackadaisical in their technique. They got a little bit sloppy with, 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 with some of their communications. And ultimately, this is why... When we we talked after um, the win over Syracuse, I told you that this team hasn't peaked yet because they could still get better on that end of the floor. And you saw that last night because Louisville's not the best offensive team that Carolina's going to play the rest of the way. They're going to play some really good um, offensive teams here in the near future. Wake Forest next week will be a team that could come in and score 80 on you, and you still feel like you 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 played at a high level on that end of the court. Um, you know the the thing that you gotta like is Schubert Davis wasn't wasn't gonna let the the win overshadow their struggles. He was visibly frustrated with um, his team's effort in the second half in his post game interview with Jones Angel on the Tar Heel Sports Network. And that's what you like. You like that you've got a coach that even in a double-digit win, even in a game where um, you give up 70 points, which if Carolina gives up 70 points, most nights they're going to win the ball game. But you you allowed a team to come into your gym and shoot nearly 50% from the field and over 40% from three. And even though you won, that's not good enough because that type of defensive effort will cost you in the games coming up in you know in 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 your ACC play. Yes, I do think though. You said it; they will have lapses, and this is if you're gonna have a lapse, this is the type of game you probably can afford to have one because. This this is the thing. They're off to a great starting conference play and a, a, an amazing starting conference play. Um, 
I, I, I think that the the schedule will get tougher. I know there's some teams on the back end that aren't nearly as good as we thought they were going to be, but things are going to get more difficult as you get into February and March, as they always do in the ACC. So to me, to have this type of moment that you can use as a teaching moment if you're Hubert Davis, you could not have asked for a much better game for this to happen because this was a game that you still, because you were able to get out to such an early lead, it was a team that you knew at some point was going to slow down on the offensive end because they're frankly just not that good of a basketball team. This was the type of game where you're not, it doesn't bite you. Um, yeah, I, I definitely like the fact that Hubert Davis is saying, look, we, we play, you know, we won this game, won it by double digits, but we know what our problems were. And that's something that he is going to harp on because, look, this is, if you want to go from being the team that we talked about early in the year as a really good team to going into that great category. If you want to be a team that is going to the Final Four and competing for a national championship, those defensive lapses, they they, they can't happen once you get later into the season and especially once you get into the NCAA tournament. Like if you if that happens in the tournament, there are the, the teams you're playing there are way too talented to just let you get back on track. So for Carolina, you got to keep that defensive intensity. Um, I also think that, you know, the thing was is that I, I Louisville, I wouldn't be shocked if you see these types of moments, maybe not shooting that great to start a second half, but you see those types of moments out of the gate of, of certain halves the rest of the year because they're a team that's still trying to fight hard fight for something, a little bit of pride. Some of those guys are probably trying to keep themselves at Louisville with what you would expect would be a new coach, um, but you never really know. Uh, and I, I just think that Carolina, you know, they, they sort of fell into a little bit of a comfort zone, and the good news is, is as I said earlier, they are able to sort of turn themselves right back into that team that was playing so well defensively at points in that first half, that's been playing so well defensively since that game against Oklahoma. That's that's the thing that you love about this team, and it's why you should still have confidence that they can be one of the best teams in the country. Well, the guy that did it was Seth Triple. He entered the game off the bench, picked up full court, Hounded Louisville on, on back-to-back possessions. And then Armando, two huge blocks. Well, the one was, uh, did they count that as a block or was it just a contest? Either way, does a great job of sealing the rim twice. And I think that was really what what sort of turned it back on defensively and the intensity picked up. So, you know, you got to credit those guys. You know, a guy to come off the bench and immediately change the game back in your favor just shows you how dominant of a defender Seth Trimble really is. And he did so, by the way, without scoring, you know, 16 minutes off the bench, didn't put the ball in the basket, but did not let it impact uh, his effort on that end of the floor. Um, another thing we got to talk about, Cormac Ryan finally finally felt like he's, you know, that shot's coming into his own. 14 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 4 of 7 from uh, the three-point line. All four of his uh, made threes, they came in the first half as he basically paced Carolina's uh, offense, um, was four of six from three in the first half, just missed, just missed that one attempt in the second half. And we've been talking about Carolina needs 
a second perimeter scorer to emerge. Um, like if if they're if they want to really put their name in the hat for a national title contender with the, the Yukons, the Kansases of the world, you got to have a second guy to be able to score from the outside. Ryan has to be that guy. Um, that's what you brought him here to do was to shoot the three ball really, really well and compete um, his tail off defensively. And the ankle injuries haven't helped him. I think they've they've really messed with his shot. Um, but you saw it last night in the first half. When he gets hot, he can shoot it as well as as anybody in the country. He scored his 14 points in 28 minutes. Um, was a very efficient night for him. And you gotta like once the three ball went away because he made he made his first four attempts and then he missed his last three. Um, he put the ball in the basket and, and, and drove to the rim and made a play. And that's the kind of savviness, the type of experience this guy has. And hopefully last night um, was the, the first step to him breaking out and becoming that, con- that that second consistent perimeter score alongside R.J. Davis. And I think it's got a chance to be because this is the first time that he has had a really strong offensive performance efficiency-wise and didn't hurt himself because – it seems like just about every time that you think he's starting to get things rolling, he's shooting the ball a little bit better in a game, all of a sudden he gets hurt. Villanova, and what was the road game? Was it Clemson where yep. he rolls the ankle? So it, it, that that's the thing that's been frustrating with him all year is that, look, the shot is there. It's not like he's taking bad shots. It's not like the form is terrible. It, it's just shots have not gone down. And then when they have gone down, all of a sudden – Something happens to him injury-wise, and it looks like, again, he has to sort of reset. He's playing through something. Hopefully, this is where it starts to take off. But this is why he is so dangerous because, yes, he's a good shooter from the outside, but you said it, and we've seen it from him throughout the year, especially early in the season. Not as much here recently, but I think he's got to get back to it. When he can drive the basket – He's a guy that can play through contact. He's very aggressive. The one thing he has done for the majority of the year is he has gotten to the foul line, and that's what you want to see him continue to do for Carolina because that's when Carolina is at their best offensively, is when they're getting downhill, when they're drawing fouls, and he's a big part of that. Him and Elliot Cadeau, that is what they bring to the table. Yes, RJ has some of that to his game, but RJ's also that guy that just finds a way to separate and knock down those shots from the outside. Um, that that's that's what you're looking for from him. These two guys, you want to see them try to drive the basket, get some of the guards that are, are trying to stay in front of them uncomfortable, and get to the foul line. And I think you know we this could be the game that hopefully sort of gets him in that mindset once again. And you talked about an area that Carolina has to improve, and the reason they weren't peaking just yet was the defense. And I certainly think that there are some areas they can still improve there. Three-point shooting is another area where this team has not been great, especially in conference play. They're 11th in the ACC in conference play in three-point shooting. So hopefully... This was the game that can get Cormac on track because if he gets on track, you feel like that area of the game as a whole will certainly start to improve for Carolina. I have to mention Elliot Cadeau last night, the highlight play where he stole an inbounds pass, ran it down the other end for a dunk. There's not many times you'll look at a box score that reads five points, two rebounds, three assists, and 25 minutes. 
and say that he controlled the game, but he did. Um, you know, he initiated so much of what Carolina did right on the offensive end, had two big steals on the defensive end. He's gotten better uh, playing defense at a high level without fouling. His maturation um, is very much on display. He, you know, it, 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 like that learning curve we see with all freshman point guards, he's starting to pick it up, um, and it's going to be a big reason why this team is going to be as dangerous as any um, come tournament time. If you if you if you're a guy that listens to the Huber Davis show, um, like I am, Huber was out this week because he was recruiting. Marcus Page filled in uh, for this edition of the show, and he really, um, you know, talked at length about his relationship with Elliot Cadeau. Go back and check out what what, what Marcus had to say because it's pretty insightful stuff. This now brings us to our discussion topic. Before we get out of here, um, this is the first time Carolina has been ranked inside the top five since 2018-2019. Of course, last year started preseason number one, was virtually unranked from January through the rest of the year. Hubert's first year, Carolina was unranked from January up until they won, I believe at Duke, then they got back in the AP poll right before the NCAA tournament. When you look at that ranking and the pressure that comes with it, and then you you look at the way Carolina played last night, did it scare you into maybe thinking that they're not ready to play with the weight and the expectation of being a top five team in the country night in, night out? No, no. That that was not at all what this game was. And if you're thinking that that's what it is, I, I encourage you to go back and look at what happened last week in college basketball where a bunch of teams inside not only the top five, not only the top ten, but the top 25 as a whole that – I mean, just could not find ways to win some of these road games against lesser opponents. Now, I get it, man. Louisville is about as bad as it gets in the Power Five, uh, or, or in the in the mid major, or in the major conferences. Excuse me. But at the same time, I mean, like I said, I feel like they've been playing better. Um, there are some other teams that have played some really rough teams, especially you look at some of the losses Arizona has picked up in uh, conference play. Um, they, there are some teams that have not been able to avoid these types of landmines. And not only did Carolina avoid it, they still won this game by double digits. I, I just, to me, they started out the game fast, but they got comfortable and they allowed a team to hang around. You'll probably see it again at some point for Carolina in conference play. There's some tough games that are coming up for Carolina. They're eventually going to drop one you would imagine in conference play. I mean, believe me, if they want to go 20-0 and in conference play and really just put together one of the greatest seasons of all time and and cut down a net at the end of the year uh, in the national championship game, I'll take it. But, I mean, to me, there's no way that you look at that and say, this shows us right here that this is not a top five caliber team. I still think if you're top five caliber, even when you have off nights like that, if you're able to win a game that comfortably in the end, that shows that you are a great team. And to me, no, even even if that game was a single digit game, the only way that you really took anything away from Carolina uh, for, from this season if uh, uh, with, with last night is if they lost. If they lost, then you have a conversation about how good really is this team? But to me, 
I mean, I'm worried more about the games that they have won, the good opponents that they have beat, the teams at the top of the country that they fought hard against but just fell short. And you would imagine if they see them again, they're building towards being able to beat them in those circumstances. To me, that matters more than last night. Yeah, and look, here's the thing. Saturday's not going to change your mind because Saturday, and we'll talk about it when we, when, when, when we preview Boston College, good old trap game. It's a very losable game for Carolina. Um, the game will be sold out. Boston College has been competitive. Um, they they play as hard as any team um, in the league, and they get the most out of the talent that they have on the roster. But you know, even when the game got fifty-five to fifty, I didn't sit there and think this this isn't a top-five team in the country because a lot of top-five teams have and will experience this same thing, um, and that's. I think that's what people just gotta gotta realize. Like, if you live in this bubble where you just watch Carolina basketball and you don't watch the sport, this happens in the sport on a nightly basis. This is the most unpredictable sport we have in the United States. It's why, uh, I mean, I'm not a betting man as it is. If I were a betting man, would not bet on college basketball because you just never know what you're gonna get. But you're talking about a team that has the most double-digit victories through 17 games since the 2009 National Championship team. So you're talking about a team that has been dominant uh, when they've won. And even though the game you know, may have been a two-possession game in the second half, there was still never a doubt who the better team was and who was going to emerge victorious. And so I, I, I still think Carolina is ascending. Um, I still think they're climbing. And they have a head coach that is not going to let them settle. Like, if you watch Hubert Davis work the sidelines, that man is as relentless as any man right now in the sport. Like, he coaches his kids. He coaches his kids hard, no matter what the score uh, reflects. And so, um, you know, I, I think this is still a hungry team. This is a motivated team that still knows that their best basketball is ahead of them. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast, guys. Before we let you go, we do encourage you guys to visit the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Recap of the game is posted, um, so you can go and check out that article. I'll be getting you ready for Boston College later in the week. Uh, any news that comes out on the football side of things, we'll have you covered as well. So make sure you're staying locked in, HeelToughBlog.com, for the latest Carolina basketball, Tar Heel football coverage, As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. It just doesn't get any sweeter than that.